Now, before we proceed with this episode, I do have something important that I need to share with everybody. As you guys know, about two years ago, I did a sketch comedy show called The Going Live Show. And while I was on the show, I worked with a very talented cast and became friends with practically every cast member on the show. And one friend that I had in particular, her name was Tata Sharice. Now, if you watch the Going Live show, you know who Tata is. She was basically um, the public defender. That was her uh, main gimmick on the uh, show. That was the main character she played, and she did that quite a few times. And if you saw the um, Hood Exorcist sketch, uh, she played the mother in the sketch. Like, I played the, uh, the priest that was trying to, you know, get the demon out of her son in the sketch. Uh, she played the mom and I played the priest going, the power of Christ compels you. Like that was me. Well, sadly, this past Christmas Eve, uh, Tata Sharice was carjacked at gunpoint while coming home from a comedy show. Now, the good news is she is not hurt physically. The bad news is her car was stolen and the merchandise that she sells after shows was stolen as well. And she currently has a GoFundMe page set up to help her raise the money that she needs to get a new car and order more merch so she can, you know, get back to selling merch and get out there performing. And what I'm going to do is I am going to read the synopsis of her GoFundMe page to further illustrate what she's looking for rather than try to paraphrase phrase it. So this is on her GoFundMe page. Hey y'all, so I got carjacked. I'm no stranger to obstacles or overcoming tough times, but what recently happened to me was something I really wasn't prepared for. I was carjacked at gunpoint by two men on Christmas Eve coming home from a show. Comedy is now the majority of my income, so my car was very important to me because it's how I get to most shows. Also, all of my Tata Sharice merchandise was in the trunk of my car, which is another big part of my income. I'm blessed to be alive. I do about five to 10 shows a month and I'm really grinding. I don't plan to give up at all, but I'm creating this GoFundMe to help speed things up so I can get back to doing what I love and bring joy to others. Anything that anybody can contribute would be greatly appreciated and used to go towards a car and to replace my merchandise that I sell at shows. I appreciate the support and my spirit has not been broken. Thank you for the love that people have already showed me and anything further helps. I just entered year six of my stand-up comedy career and it has been an incredible journey. I've hit amazing milestones and so far I've performed in over 200 shows non-stop, but I can't let this situation slow me down. And as I mentioned before, Tata Sharice is a friend of mine. I've worked with her before. She is hilariously funny and a tremendous talent. And I am encouraging all of the Boochcast fans to donate money to Tata Sharice's GoFundMe to help her get back on her feet, get back on the road, and get back to doing what she does best. So from now until the GoFundMe page is completed, I am going to be putting the link to her GoFundMe page on every single Boochcast episode going forward inside the synopsis so you can use it to go there and do whatever you can to help her out. I will also be providing links on the Boochcast social media pages so you can access them there as well. So go to the link, donate what you can, and help Tata Sharice get back to bringing joy and laughter to the world. Shot the angel down 
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of AEW. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining us here on The Boochcast, he is the AEW correspondent, fresh off his sabbatical to take care of the children and get them ready for their wrestling show. But he is here to join us to recap a different wrestling show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one, the only, Gator Ricky Ross. 
Stop the clap. Stop the clap. Stop the clap. Stop the clap. Mr. Budrelli. Mr. Budrelli, we got a problem. What problem? What, what's wrong? What's going on? Take me off the, take me off the air. This is too much of a sensitive topic. I take you off the air? Yes, take me off the air, Mr. Budrelli. Um, okay, fine. I, I shut it off. I shut it off. What's going on? Oh, God. Anyway, Mr. Budrelli, uh, do you know a good lawyer? Uh, yes, I know. I know, too. Um, there's, uh, George Stein, the DUI lawyer. Um, you know, from the theme song, you know, George Stein, he is here. Let me tell you something, my dear. You drink, you who drive. He will get you off, and that's no jive. And then, of course, I know the one and only Mr. Jody Sellers from the Sellers Law Firm. We're clients, become family. And yes, these are shameless plugs in hopes of getting sponsors. Give me my fucking money. Uh, but yes, Jody Sellers and George Stein are two great lawyers that I know. Never mind. I'm just going to call Stephen P. New. Uh, he, he said he wouldn't touch this, but maybe I could throw him enough money. Yes, the new law firm. Five, 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 West Virginia. He's Stephen P. New. Yes, that was a shameless plug. Call Stephen P. New if you need to sue an outlaw much or two. He'll throw their ass. Yes, that's right. Stephen P. New at New Law Office. Give me my fucking money. Anyway, Mr. Budrelli, we have a problem. Uh, I didn't do it. Okay, well, if you didn't do it, then what's the problem? Why do we have a problem if nothing happened? You know I work in the trucking business, right? Yes, you you reminded me of that uh, recently. Well, uh, I booked a load of charcoal to be picked up in West Virginia. Okay. And uh, my customer... Uh, gave me the wrong address. Okay, uh, that's odd. I feel bad for the guy, you know, um... Uh, we all feel bad for the guy. Uh, we, um, so, uh, I don't know how to say this, but we sent a black guy to a cotton field. What?! <laughs> Wait, wait, what? Uh, it wasn't my fault. You sent a black man to a cotton field. It wasn't my fault. Oh, and the worst part is his name is Solomon. Oh, no. Solomon? That's his name? Yes. Please tell me For his sure. last name is in Northrop. Oh, my God. This is not going to oh, go no, well. No, 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 no. It's Shakur. You mean like Tupac? Yeah, apparently. Oh my god, you sent a descendant of Tupac to a fucking cotton field? Yes, and all the eyes was on him. Oh my god. It wasn't my fault. Well, here's the thing. It's not directly your fault, but you were still the middleman that supplied the address. So you could still be in trouble. I didn't do it. I'm just saying, if, if he sues the company, they will subpoena you to come in and testify. I didn't do it. I know normally you would say I would do some shit like that, but I didn't do it. I'm just saying, this, this, this has Gator Ricky Ross written all over it, ladies and gentlemen. This sounds like something Gator would do. Keep in mind, this is the same motherfucker that for the cartoon that God knows if we'll ever actually make it, there is an episode that he came up with where he gets in a dog catcher van and captures illegal immigrants. So sending a black man to a cotton field, this has Gator Ricky motherfucking Ross written all over it. This sounds like some shit that Gator would do. So he's saying he didn't do this on purpose. I'm having a hard time believing it, but... I didn't do it. It wasn't my fault. I'm pleading the fourth and drinking the fifth. Uh, that's that's the, the fourth amendment doesn't protect yes, you. Yes, you anymore. cannot search or seizure my shit. I think that's the fourth amendment. Is that the fourth amendment? I think so. I have the right to bear arms. That's... And by that I mean I just cut my sleeves off. Yeah, that's the second 
Amendment is the bare arms. But yes, no. the Fourth Amendment well, does yes, protect you from right. unreasonable search and seizures. Right. I have the right to bear arms. You know, I wore a cut-off shirt with the sleeves cut off the other day to this fancy restaurant, and the fella told me, he said, Gator, you can't come in here. You're not in the right attire. So I pulled out my constitutionals, and I said I have the right to bear arms. Okay. Um, you do realize that bear arms, first of all, is the right to own a gun, and second of all, y that doesn't apply to this. Like, they, if, if restaurants have a dress code, you have to follow the dress code. No, no, Mr. Woodrelli, you don't have to follow the dress code. Try telling that to most public schools. Speaking of my wrestling school, Mr. Budgerelli, I had a student get over as a heel so good that we had to take him out of the building in the trunk of a car at the student show. Oh, you had to put somebody in a trunk? Yeah, we had to put somebody in the trunk. Oh, damn. What, what happened? Well, he, uh, let me tell you the gimmick this guy's doing. Are you familiar with the exotic Adrian Street? Uh, somewhat. I know Adrian Adonis, but not Adrian Street. No, this guy was doing a gay gimmick in the middle of the south of Virginia. Oh, fuck. What? Right what, what? The Bible Belt. Oh, dear Christ. What the fuck? Why? Oh, yeah, he came out to Hungry Like the Wolf because he's fierce. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank you, Jerry Truman. Oh, yeah. See, he does come up with good ideas, Gator. Every once in a while. Now, is this wrestler actually gay, or is it just a character? Oh, no, it's just a gimmick. Okay, so he's a straight man that wanted to play a gay gimmick. Is what you're saying? Yeah, he got over. He got over like Rover. Okay, so he's just gay, and that's I mean, it? He was, he was really over. Well, no, he kissed a guy. He kissed a guy? Yeah, apparently it's okay for Jerry, but it's not okay if a white dude kisses a black man. It's like the classic Rich Voss joke, where he would say, the only thing worse than a gay couple is a gay interracial couple he said that's an awkward conversation with your family you have to go dad i'm gay now sit down you know what's funny to me i love how that's an awkward conversation with your family like dad i'm a pedophile now sit down i married a black man <laughs> i diddled the kid now i'm diddling some chocolate yes and from what i've heard that chocolate was well groomed i mean made okay that was funny <laughs> Anyway, AEW children. So we're now in Baltimore, Maryland for AEW Dynamite. And we kick things off with our first official match of the evening. I I'm assuming this was an eight-man tag. Dear God, help us all. Uh, it's Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Bandito, and Pockets versus Jake Hager, Cool Man Luke, Daddy Magic, and Daniel Garcia of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Wrestling! This was a clusterfuck. Oh, yeah. Roderick Strong couldn't save this. He tried, though. He did try. I will give him that. He did try. He did try. Yes. I, I, I will say this. The two standouts in this match were Roderick Strong and Daniel Garcia. These were two wrestlers that were trying to make sense out of fuckery. Because you know you got, you got Cassidy and Bandito. So fuckery will commence and you also have jake hager who is competent but not very technical in the ring he's competent he just can't take the fucking hat off yeah he likes that hat and then you got angelo and matt that just do their random shit so this is all over the goddamn place um and although bandito did have one gorilla press spot that i thought was pretty good um outside of that not so much and then of course there's uh orange cassidy doing the this match did not make uncle gator's nipples hard wow the stealing gimmicks all right but anyway what's interesting here i loved was the fact that jericho came out wearing the Britt baker 
Joker t-shirt that has been making the social media waves. It's been trending. Everyone has voiced their opinion. The general consensus is no likey the shirt. That's because she looks like every picture of every domestic violence victim that's ever happened. Yes, and here's the thing. Britt Baker is so fucking triggered by this, it's insane. Like, literally, she is lashing out at every fucking body. And then my fault, Adam Cole hits her. But she's getting mad at the fact that people are not happy with the fact that she has a shirt. So she's showing pictures of, like, like she's trying to defend it by saying there's the the picture of there's the white t-shirt um with uh cm punk and mjf and the blood mark on it when mjf took punk's blood and wiped it on the shirt she had a t-shirt when she had that match with thunder rosa where they both got juice yeah and then she has that with the role model so she's saying why are these okay but the black guy isn't is her defense it's, it's, you know why it's not okay well here's the thing this one guy said something on twitter and i saved this because i thought it was very interesting um, ironically, this guy's Twitter name is Bad Wrestling Takes. So the people who disagree with what he has to say um, are pretty much using that name to insult him. But he comes in defense of Britt Baker, and this is his exact words. Uh, this is Again, this is his tweet. These are his words, not mine, not Gators. He said, they don't like it because we live in a very misogynistic world. If it was a man on that exact same shirt with a black eye, not one damn person would have anything to say. It would be looked at as badass or a badge of honor. But because it's a woman, everybody looks and says victim. These are the same oh, people yeah. that complain about the like. fight for equality and say that women and men are treated equally. You all still see women as the weak or sex, you feel like they are to be protected from the big, scary, male-dominated world. I see this shirt as a massive fuck you to that whole narrative, and it makes you all uncomfortable because you know it's true. End quote. What is this guy's name? Bad Wrestling Takes. That's his Twitter name. Bad Wrestling Takes. R-A-S-S-L-I-N. Wrestling. I really don't give a flying... Hold on, let me drop the gimmick. I really don't give a flying... Fuck, he just pissed me the hell off. I'm not saying women are the weaker sex, but what I'm saying is, is how many countless victims of domestic violence go unheard, and now all of a sudden, this dumb bitch is basically parading around with this shit. That's what this shirt looks like to me. It's, oh, I'm supposed, I mean, I understand it's a wrestling angle. I get that. But there's a better way to do this than to put it on a shirt. Why is it everything's got to be on a fucking shirt in a business? Yeah, I mean, I don't get it either. I think it's just a way for people to try to sell merch. It's for goddamn ridiculous. What burns me up about this is, is it's not that women are the weaker sex, but it's the fact it's the fact that men are stronger i mean point blank most men are stronger and most men that beat on women are pieces of shit so i mean they're the biggest pussies in the world but how did you not think this through that this would be a problem when you decided you were going to put this shirt out how did you not think this through how did the marketing team and the lawyers and all the shit aw's got because they've got billions of dollars tony's not fucking poor by no means no how did they let this go through i blame them for not telling her hey Britt, maybe this is not a smart idea maybe there's a better way we could do this yeah well here's my take on the whole thing i understand both both sides of the argument here because here's the thing the problem is and this is something that AEW 
is the most guilty of. Now, WWE fans can be guilty of this from time to time, but the AEW fans are more guilty of this than anybody. It's the harsh reality. Is they live in a bubble. They live in a fantasy world that they have all created, and they don't understand the concept of context. Like, for example, when you sell a shirt, and this goes for anybody, when you sell a shirt, you are selling it with the belief that you want them to wear this shirt in public, not just to wrestling shows. You want them to wear it in their everyday life, if possible. It is free advertising. Yes. Now, Britt Baker makes a point. She got the black eye in a wrestling ring, not by getting beat up by her boyfriend or her husband. So, obviously, I see where her mindset set was. What she's not getting and what a lot of the fans aren't getting is Britt Baker is not a household name. Baker is popular in her bubble. Outside of that AEW bubble, no one knows or cares who Britt Baker is. And that is in no way, shape, or form meant to be a knock on Britt Baker. I am not hating on Britt Baker at all. I think she's a phenomenal heel. She has come so far. I remember all the way back to the Jericho Cruise where she turned heel for the first time and flopped and how much she has improved on the mic and in the ring. I respect Britt Baker, but... She is not a mainstream name. There are a small handful of AEW people who actually are. Britt Baker's not it. No one knows who she is. No one's going to care who she is. So no one's going to understand why, especially a guy, if you're a guy and you wear this shirt, people are going to stare at your ass. Mm -hmm. Girls, you wear this shirt, people are going to go, what the fuck is wrong with you? Mm Because no one knows who Britt Baker is. Britt Baker is not famous enough. They don't have anything else on this shirt that says, this is Britt Baker. This is AEW. This is wrestling. In the corner, there's a little AEW that you could barely see. Here's the thing. That could affect their television deal. You realize that, right? Yeah. They don't think this through. Just like, you know, bringing out the pizza cutter and then fucking Domino's pops out. Yeah. The damn, I mean... Do you know how many times that that, that uh, TBS and TNT got pissed off with shit they're doing? I mean, now they're heavily censored. You don't hear shit every other fucking word. Yeah. They're getting pissed off. So you're going to continue to do stupid shit? So like I said, I get why Britt Baker's upset. I get why the fans might have issue with the shirt. That being said, this guy on Twitter, he also has a point. There's some things he said that I agree with because, you know, it's true. Like if a guy, you know, it's like that's that's the big stick that has gone around in society is on the one hand we try to say that everybody's equal everybody's on a level playing field we we can do anything you can do whatever but then when it comes to shit like this that's when everybody wants to take a step back or all of a sudden the equality thing doesn't work anymore see my belief system is if people want to be equal we go all the way or not at all and and i agree with what gator said earlier if you're a guy who smacks women around for no reason you are a piece of shit i've said that a million times i do not endorse domestic violence. I do not endorse beating up women. I am not okay with that. However, I do believe that if somebody swings on you, you defend yourself. I'm not one of those people that sits there and lets somebody smack me around. We're going to get to more of that a little later in this show because there's a... In fact, you know what? We're not going to get to it a little in this show. I'll do it right now. The fact that Britt Baker smacked Jericho again and nothing fucking happened is one of the most irritating things I see on fucking television. Especially since Jericho is supposed to be a fucking heel. Why is a heel hesitating to knock a bitch out who swings on her? That's the thing that bugs me. Okay. Again, I don't believe in domestic violence, but I believe if you're strong enough to throw a punch, you're strong enough to 
take one. So if you don't want to take one, don't throw it. If you don't want the guys and the girls mixing it up, don't let them mix it up then. Don't go one way and say that's okay, but then go the other way and say that's not. I fucking hate that shit. And it's be and the reason that we have this standard is because of what this guy tweeted. The fact that this is why. The reason it's wrong is because women are still viewed as the weaker sex. That's the truth. It's the harsh reality. It's why it's okay one way and not okay the other way. That's why if a guy, if you watch a movie and a guy slaps a girl, it's a drama. If the girl slaps the guy, somehow it's comedy. And that's fucking bullshit. So we need to get consistent. Either everybody can slap everybody or nobody slaps anybody. Pick one, stick with it. But no more of this one-sided bullshit. I'm tired of seeing it in wrestling. And if you think I'm full of shit, go back and watch the Attitude Era, the era you all worship so much, and tell me how often people got away with shit like that. Hell, I saw a reel pop up on Facebook of when Austin and Triple H beat the bejesus at Alita. It was one of the most, if not the most, violent moment in the history of Monday Night Raw. May, may I jump back in on this one? Go ahead. There once was a man named Bubba Ray. He slammed a lady named May through a fucking table off a stage. And 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 there was multiple other women on top of that shit that went through the table. Elderly abuse. Exactly. Back when you could show some black titties on pay-per-view. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Jacqueline. God, I loved her. She was hot. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area where Renee talks to Jungle Boy and Darby Allen about their tag match later tonight. Uh, Jungle Boy says they might not like each other, but they both have the goal of getting their spots in the main event of Double or Nothing. Darby agrees, stating that tonight is showtime. Showtime, children. I mean, it was a typical Darby promo. Uh, let's pretend it'd be something. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was cool. You know, like, they're going to be on the same page, which they need to be. Like, the fact that they would, like, the, try, the fact they try to put any tension between them is fucking stupid because it's like if these guys fall apart they don't get a title shot a title shot should be more important to you than hating another person uh so now we cut away to a promo from the bcc the bcc which if y'all don't know what the bcc is it's that thing that that truck driver that ended up in the cotton field in west virginia has black cotton construction worker and we're gonna get letters so <laughs> We're getting letters, children. Yeah. So Brian Danielson declares himself the best wrestler today. He says if it's not him, then it's one of his fellow members. Uh, I'll agree with that first part. This moves on to Moxley talking about how they've been trying to sharpen the rest of the roster, including Kenny Omega, saying we'll see what he's really all about next week inside the steel cage. Which we're not going to talk about, so don't ask. Yeah, we're not watching that. Um, but I will say I love this promo. I did. I thought Brian Danielson was great. The fact that he said, you know, Bret Hart called himself the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, and how he thought that was overly arrogant because, you know, he said, I'm the best wrestler today, but I, I don't plan to be the best there ever will be. I want someone to come up that's better than me. But he's not, he's not wrong. He is, with the exception of a young man who is of the age of 26 who holds the AEW World title Danielson is the best wrestler today he is I've said that about him from the very beginning when I first saw him I acknowledge he is the best technical wrestler I've ever seen his problem yeah. for a long time was his promos he has obviously vastly improved from that Brian Danielson to me from the technical standpoint is the best Plus, anybody that insults Bret Hart is automatically cool in my book. Yeah, because you love that. So he gets extra brownie points for that one. And 
And obviously, I'm loving what the Blackpool Combat Club is doing, and I enjoy this faction more and more every day, but not enough to sit through the cancer cells. And then after that, we uh, move on now to the next match of the evening. We've got Soraya with the Outcasts versus Willow Nightingale. Okay, I didn't hate this, but Soraya is not a magician. She tried to pull something out of Willow, and once again, like I've been saying the whole time, Willow's not ready to be in a ring. This is why they needed developmental. Willow's not ready. Anna Jay is not ready. Fucking Ty Mello really ain't ready. Julia Hart, she's kind of ready. I mean, I would have had her down there. But I'm just saying, your women's roster only consists of five women that know what the fuck they're doing. Yes. So, like, damn. I still hate women's wrestling, and I think they should all be in the kitchen. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, um, I actually enjoyed this match. I thought Soraya had great psychology throughout. The distractions, everything. She actually made an attempt to distract the referee. That alone makes her one of the best in the entire company. How often do we see anybody try to distract the referee? Usually the referee's just standing there. You might as well have the referee sitting in the crowd eating fucking popcorn. Because half the time, they don't even take the ref seriously. Soraya actually uses the ref to tell well, a fucking story. They shit in the ref's mouth nine times out of ten. Yeah! So it was great. Just the fact that Soraya can do little things like that makes her one of the best on the roster. Is the little thing. Yeah, I agree with you on this, but let's let's be honest. Willow's not ready. She's not. She's not ready. She's greener than baby shit. Yeah, I'm not saying she is ready. I'm just saying that this is probably one of her better matches, though. She did very she well, did yeah, good in this match. Soraya's a damn heel that knows how to be a ring general. She's a ring general. Yes. I mean, Soraya comes from the from literally the biggest English wrestling family there is. I, I'm aware. I'm aware of her history. Yes, I know you are. I'm just saying this for the people. Yes. And so either way, it was a great match. And then in the end, Soraya gets the victory. And then, of course, the outcast attack Willow. Then Hikaru Shida shows up. Who the fuck is she? You don't know who Shida is? I know who she is. I'm just asking in general because they, they did a shit job of reminding people and telling people who have never seen the show before who she is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so she... like you're supposed to come into this knowing who the fuck she is. Yeah. Well, well, she, well here's the thing. She's one of the longest reigning AEW women's champions. And she's... Well, I'm still going to call her what my grandmother called her and that's Tokyo Rose you can call her whatever you want my point is uh, she is a staple on AEW so Sheeta comes in and it looks like she's about to join the outcasts but then but she doesn't but then she doesn't because Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker show up from behind and then they, she sprays the spray paint in her face and then they beat the shit out of them and they spray paint AEW on their chests which can I take a moment to say this if it wasn't for Tony Schiavone you would have never known exactly the, what what the fuck kind of spray paint is that? If you were gonna do that and you wanted to make a statement like that, then you needed to you 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 needed to you needed a, a better color. Yes, and and a white and white shirts. Yes, and or white or take the or or take the shirts off. I'm always down with them taking the shirts off. And as long as they're wearing bras, that's all that matters. Take and, the shirts off. I'm down with that. And then spray paint A E W. So after this. <laughs> Uh, we cut to a video package with the House of Black. <laughs> 
who basically established the open house rules for future trios championship defenses. Can you explain something to me? Depends. What is the DQ rule? It's dealer's choice. I, I have no idea what they're talking about. I was hoping you did. I, I, I didn't understand it either. All I got out of it was there was a 20 count and DQs are enforced, but it's dealer's choice or some shit. No rope breaks. It's basically Ring of Honor pure rules, but something to do with the DQ. I didn't understand the DQ part. I was hoping you understood it. I don't even know what the fuck they were talking about. Okay, so the gist of what I got was there's a 20 count on the outside. You're not safe out there. No rope breaks. And then and then DQs are enforced, but it's dealer's choice. Whatever that means. It's AEW. It doesn't fucking matter to begin with. Yeah. What is it about AEW? They have to overcomplicate shit. I don't I get that. I get myself there, Mr. Boudreaux. I mean, there's no logic. There's no reason. There's no rhyme to any of this. They just, they just do shit just to do it, and that's a problem. So, apparently, here's what we got. The house rules are, I just finally looked this shit up, a 20-second count on the floor, no rope breaks, and disqualifications are not enforced. I thought they were enforced. They said they were enforced. I mean, to me, it's kind of like, it's like you're playing basketball and you get to call your own fouls or something. I don't know. I don't know. You're overcomplicating this shit. It's not hard. That's why we have rules in order to have storylines. That's what the, yeah, that's what these rules are designed for. You need rules for heels to break. Yes, wrestling. Now, after this, we cut to the next match of the evening. Speaking of complicating shit to the highest degree, we had the acclaimed and daddy ass taking on the Butcher, the Blade, and Kit Sabian in a Trez de Mayo trios battle royal. I don't understand why it had to be trans de Mayo. Are they drinking the Bud Light? No, it's not trans. It's tres. As in the number three in Spanish. Trace Thompson? No, Trace is three in Spanish. Oh, oh, and today's the third. Oh, that makes sense. Yes, but it's a, a trio's battle royal. So basically, there's teams and you have to throw the other team out. Like, what the fuck? Uh, just do it. D- d- Mr. Madrid, I'm going to let you do the gimmick. Go ahead. Resting. And how did that make you feel? Do you feel better? I'm going to regret this, but yeah, I actually do. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? You so you were giving me shit about that. Does it not make you feel better? It does. This is the dumbest match I've ever seen. I couldn't keep up with what the fuck was going on. I didn't hear anybody even mention this was a fucking battle royal. And in the end, the acclaimed and Billy Gunn win. And my question is, what the fuck did they win? I guess it's a future trios title shot. I don't know. I mean, is that what this is for? Like, the winners will face the House of Black and their fucked up rules? They didn't really say anything. I'm not gonna lie, though. I'd be intrigued to see if the acclaimed and daddy ass get the trio's titles. I doubt it. Uh, so then we cut to the backstage area where we see Renee with Sammy Guevara, who starts to address last week when MJF comes in. Sammy calls him out for the back seat being empty, uh, but a bit of an apology from the champ, basically saying he had back problems and he needed to lay down and he didn't want Sammy to think he was a puss. But Sammy's going to lay down like a little bit, I mean, good friend. <laughs> yes. Thank you, MJF, for, for clarifying that for us all. Yes, and then they clarify everything, and then now they're friends again, and the whole, uh, you know, friends, we hug, and now they're back together again, which is good for the tag match, but goddamn ridiculous overall. 
So we skip the bullshit segment here, and then we move on to the next match of the evening, which is a non-title match. We have, if we even want to call this a match, Logan LaRue goes one-on-one against Wardlow. Uh, 1%, baby. I don't know if you know where Logan's from. No. Logan's from down here. He's from uh, Virginia Beach. Really? Yeah. Logan's a hell of a fucking worker down here. Hell of a heel. His big gimmick is he's, uh, his fans are called the 1% because they're smarter than everybody else because they root for the man who is smarter than everybody else because he's smarter than you and you know it. Yeah. He's from Reston, Virginia. Um, yeah. He's from over here. 5'11", 205 pounds. Oh, he could do 205. And then he, and he's 32 years old. Damn. He's from over here. We, we, uh, the other VCW. <laughs> <laughs> where they do where they do things a little differently. Yeah. But uh, you know, we don't say anything. We don't say anything. We just uh we just leave that long story alone. Exactly. That right there should tell you what he's doing. Yes. Um although I've heard the uh the promoter was uh good at track and field. Uh his favorite event was the Javon. I mean Javelin. Uh so anyway. <laughs> so anyway, um that being said, um, no, it's the, no, it's the Stephanisas. Anyway, I feel like you don't know why that's funny. You don't know why that's funny. But if anybody here is from Virginia and you know about VCW, you know why that's funny. I feel like a beer. It's Miller time. So we go into this match wow. here, and. Uh, Mr. LaRue was not long for this particular match. Uh, the champ catches him right at the opening bell, hits a couple powerbomb symphonies, one, two, three. Wardlow basically wins. Um, so this was Wardlow basically dominating. Um, Logan getting the TV time in the spotlight. Um, although, like I said, didn't get to watch enough of this match to learn about him, but if Gator says he's a hell of a worker, he's a hell of a worker because Gator don't throw compliments out to just anybody. He's um, good people. So after the match, Wardlow calls out Christian Cage and Luchasaurus, who arrived to answer the open challenge for the TNT Championship. Cage said he could send Luchasaurus down if he wanted to, but that's not going to happen, especially not in Baltimore, because the title shot doesn't belong to Luchasaurus. It belongs to Christian Cage. Uh, I'm, I, I'm so confused. I'm going to say this. That's not a bad swerve. Obviously, when this first happened, we thought Luchasaurus was going to challenge for the TNT title. Now we know Christian wants the title shot. So it will be ideally him versus Wardlow, possibly at Double or Nothing. And then, of course, here's the big question. If they have this match at Double or Nothing, do we give Christian the belt? Should he win? Uh, I don't know, Mr. Boudreaux. I don't know. There's a part of me that thinks he should win it. I think we'll put, like, star power on the belt. But then again, do we want Wardlow to drop the title this early? No. He's done done it once. We don't know if we need to do it again. I don't know how I feel about this. Um, I'll be honest. Part of me would like to see it, but it's going to be a hard one to call. We'll see what happens when it happens. Because... I wouldn't be against Christian being champion. I just feel like if Wardlow needs a longer run with the belt, especially if he's working with Arn Anderson. If Wardlow was just by himself, I'd say drop the belt. But clearly, they're putting Arn Anderson with him, so they got something. So maybe they should um, ride this out with Wardlow and Double A and see what happens. Maybe they can make Wardlow the badass star that Arn believes he can be and that I definitely think he can be. And on that note, we're going to cut to, uh, we see a segment from earlier in the day where Jeff Jarrett and his amazing friends arrive at Sandy Fork to help Mark Briscoe out on the farm, culminating in a challenge from Jarrett and Lethal to FTR for the AEW tag team titles at Double or Nothing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I fucking love this. I'm sorry. I hate the fact that I like this. This is so good. I'm laughing because I popped when Papa Briscoe come out. I popped. I'm like, Papa Briscoe! I popped when I saw the farm and the fucking chicken. I'm like, oh my god. This is them boys, you know? It's their thing. And then Sanjay and Big Doofus were wearing the coveralls. The overalls, yeah. And then he handed the baby to Big Doofus. He just handed it. Here you go, hold this baby. Tell me about the rabbits. Tell me about the rabbits. Oh, my God. And then Papa Briscoe said, don't trust the man in the overalls. Which one? Which one? Both of them. And he's holding his fucking child. <laughs> Only in Delaware can you give your child to a seven-foot-tall fucking Indian. Oh, that's right. He's Indian. Hold on. Hold on. Let me rephrase that. Tell me about the rabbits. Tell me about the rabbits. <laughs> It is okay, Sanjay. You can eat those rabbits. That's fine. You can make a pollo loco like a good Mexican. Anyway. Yours told me if I get in trouble, I don't get to tend them rabbits. Instead, I will be forced to spend all my free time making curry. Nobody wants any damn curry. Did anybody pop for that? I'm sure they popped. I'm sure they popped. They popped. I think they popped. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to move on here to the next match of the How evening. How long has it been since I've done that? <laughs> We haven't done that in a very long time. I popped for it. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We've got Ricky Starks versus Juice Robinson. This was not wrestling. They prostituted my business. I am ashamed of Ricky Starks. I This is the kind of shit I expect out of Juice Robinson, his old fucking Uncle Jesse on a bender. This is not okay. I respect Ricky. Ricky put on the best fucking televised world title match I ever saw with MJF, okay? What was this? This was, um, this is what happens when people from New Japan come into AEW with their strong style, no sell bullshit. Is this why we tell the children not to mess with the drugs? Yes, this is why we tell children not to mess with the drugs. This is why we tell children go to credible wrestling schools. This is why we tell the children that this style of wrestling is sloppy and reckless. Don't go to dojos. Yeah, like this is for goddamn ridiculous. And Ricky Starks, unfortunately, is stuck in a situation where he has to lower himself in order to make the match look good and complement this bullshit fucking style. And I just want this feud to end. And on that note, we cut to a video package with uh, Matt Hardy and his issues with The Firm. And apparently this Friday on Rampage, they're going to have The Firm deletion at yes, the Hardy yes, compound. Yes, a lot like that last joke, there will be a deletion. Yes. Y'all are not laughing, but Vinny and I are laughing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Firm deletion. And you put it on Rampage. I'm sorry. I was just trying to be PC, Mr. Budrelli. Yeah, now's not the time. Um, I'm trying to be politically correct. What's wrong with you? Since when? Since about five minutes ago. When you told me I was over the line. Yes. So anyway, um, here's the thing. Why would you put this on Rampage? This is the punishment you get for saying that you play a character. Fuck you, Julian. So now Julian has to go and compete in this firm deletion. So now I need to ask myself the question, do I watch this shit on Rampage or do I skip it? I don't know. I mean, we're not going to talk about it unless highlights don't show up. On I, don't, I don't think you should skip it. I think you should wait and then see the replay. Yeah, because that's the only thing on Rampage that has any interest to me. I'm not watching anything else. You should wait and see the, either that or DVR it, and then you can fast forward through the bullshit. Yeah, that's what I want to do. 
I, I, I'm gonna say this though. If you're gonna do a deletion video, I'm assuming this is gonna be the Hardy compound. So it's gonna be one of those cinematic things. Here's my issue. How are you doing this without anyone being broken? A deletion I'm doesn't work without broken Matt Hardy or brother Nero. And you okay. haven't given us any indication that you're bringing that gimmick back. So unless okay, but I need I need one specific thing out of this. What do you need? I need Senor Benjamin. You need Senor Benjamin? I need Senor Benjamin. Yes. We have to have Senor Benjamin. See, Senor. We have to have Senor Benjamin with a shovel. And he must prepare the battlefield for massacre. Yes, that has to happen, or it's not a deletion. Yeah, we also need Queen Rebecca. We don't need that. Or the scribe. We do need the scribe. We need Vanguard One. And the dilapidated boat. Yes, the dilapidated boat. And the seven deities. Yeah, and we also- Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, Mr. Butcher. Oh, God. Brother Anthony. We're just pulling out all the classics today. Yes, we are. Brother Anthony. Let's go breaking cave fame, children. Brother Anthony. Yes. I have made my triumphant return to the cast of the booch. Yes. I'm glad yes, to have you back. Brother Anthony. It is time for firm deletion. Copyright. I just got to cease and desist. The firm deletion. Fuck that owl. The firm deletion. Brother Anthony. Yes. Prepare the recording device. It's already prepared. We're already rolling. Oh, we're still rolling? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Brother Anthony. <laughs> This will be wonderful. Watch it on Rampage, which is on a special time of 6.30 p.m. on Cinco de Drinco. Yes, I'll be curled up on the couch enjoying a hearty delicacy. Do you know what the hearty delicacy is? Diet Coke. No. <laughs> what is the hearty delicacy? Green beans! Yes. Wow. Because he handed those out to trick-or-treaters. Oh. That's <laughs> still one I of the best. Because they did a Halloween special when they were in TNA. And, and he was, and they were giving out candy. He goes, no, Queen Rebecca, we cannot give out the candy. That is not good for the vessels. Instead, it's not good for the vessels. And so every time someone would come on, he'd go, trick or treat. And he'd go, green beans. And he'd drop green beans into the bags. And you just see the kids look defeated. Like, motherfucker, where's our candy? Brother Anthony. <laughs> I must now sing a song in the pines, in the pines, where the sun never shines. Oh, how I love my moonshine in the pines. Something about a monkey in the pines. Let's go to the main event. <laughs> but before we do, we cut to the backstage area with Jungle Boy and Darby are getting hyped up for the match. As Darby leaves the locker room, all of a sudden, MJF comes in and tries to intervene. Um, basically, he tries to convince Jungle Boy to turn on Darby Allen and join up with MJF because he believes that he's not championship material, but he wants to give him a spot next to the throne. And Jungle Boy won't be his bitch. Yes, and Jungle Boy says, "I don't want a spot next to the throne. I want the crown, and I'm coming for the t and I will be the next world heavyweight champion." So eventually, MJF leaves as Darby Allen comes back in the room and basically wants to know what Jungle Boy was doing. He said, "Don't worry about it." And now, basically, Darby now feels like he can't trust Jungle Boy. Anyway, here's the thing: this again is fucking stupid. These two guys have a chance to become world heavyweight champion. If you 
you have a chance to become the world champion and you fuck it up because you don't like the other person, that makes you look like a retard. I'm sorry. You should care more about being the world champion than whether or not you like this other person. Like, look, I don't have to be this person's best friend, but I'm willing to team with you if it means I get a shot at the world heavyweight title. So the fact they try to cause dissension here is fucking stupid. Now, if you're going to cause dissension, this is the proper way to do it, but it's unnecessary because that would imply that Darby Allen is a dumbass and Jungle Boy is a dumbass. If either one of them's thinking, I need to attack this person during the match, you're a dumbass because you're fucking up your chance to become the world heavyweight champion, which should be your goal to dethrone the devil and make this a pillars four way so we don't have a scenario where the Spanish spot monkey is laying down for the devil. But anyway, with that said, we move on to that match of the evening. It's the main event, a Pillars tag team match with Jungle Boy Jack Perry and Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara and MJF. Okay, this was the right finish. You know, you can't have MJF get pinned. No, you can't. Um, I don't like the fact that Darby was the one that made the pinfall. And I swear to God, if MJF loses the title to any of these three fucking jobbers who are not ready to be in this position, I'm going to be a mad son of a bitch. Well, that being said, how'd you feel about the tag match? They at least tagged. There was some sort of psychology. I don't know whose idea this... I just feel like MJF is better than this. Because, I mean, he is better than this, and he knows it. Yeah. Here's here's the thing. I actually enjoyed this match. It didn't suck. I mean, there was actual psychology in the tagging. Yeah, and here's the thing. And I think we can both agree on this. I am... Darby Allen is getting better and better every week. Since the first time they did the four-pillar interview, all the way back to the rebar mitzvah. Let's go all the way that far back. Darby Allen has gotten better and better and better and better and better and better and better, whether it's on the mic or in the ring. And everybody already knows that for the longest time, you can go back and watch, listen to every AEW recap I've ever done. In fact, we have an AEW classic coming up the week of Double or Nothing that Elvis and I did. You'll be able to hear. I am not the, I, I was not a Darby Allen fan at all. Didn't like him, couldn't stand him, didn't like the, the stupid, reckless shit that he did, the fact that he treated himself like a human pin cushion. Just, I hated Darby Allen for the longest time. Saw nothing believable in him. Was disgusted as a motherfucker when he took the TNT title from Samoa Joe. I was fucking disgusted, and thank God we were on vacation when it happened. Thank God whole, I wasn't watching that. Because the whole show, that whole recap, would have just been me shitting on Darby Allen. I wouldn't have even paid attention to the rest of the matches. You would have had Gator go, uh, Mission Beach Red there's other matches on the card. That's how bad it would have got. No, I wouldn't have. Oh, good to know. Um, but you my act, point you is... You act like I wouldn't have said fuck it. My point is this. The Darby Allen that I've hated for a long time is not the same Darby Allen I am seeing in this ring. He is wrestling. He is working. I still, he is, I still hate him, but anyway, go ahead. He is timing his spots now. Somebody finally kicked this motherfucker into high gear and made him get his shit together. I don't know who the fuck it was. I'd love to give the credit to CM Punk, but he ain't, he ain't been on TV, as we all know. So it can't be him. 
I don't know if Sting finally knocked some sense into this motherfucker. I don't know if any of the coaches backstage finally got him to pay attention. Maybe they maybe they pumped him full of Ritalin and got him to fucking sit down and listen to the I coaches. Think was, I think it was Sting saying, hey, you're in main event picture now. You need to start acting like it. And that would make sense. And he's acting like it. Darby Allen has improved by leaps and bounds. So MJF is not ready to lose the world heavyweight title. Yeah, we still don't. He's still not. Don't like it, but however, however, if Darby did win a double or nothing, I couldn't be that upset because the improvement has been massive. <laughs> so that's all I gotta say about that. But Jungle Boy, I have never been more disappointed. The push that Darby Allen is getting, I expected Jungle Boy to be where Darby Allen is right now. I expected better from Jungle Boy, especially after Revolution when I sang his praises. I don't know what the fuck happened to Jungle Boy at all. But it's like something happened where he had one of the best matches of his whole AEW career mm -hmm. and then shit the bed ever since. He has had bad promos. Yeah, I know what needs to happen. He is Vinny, not. What? Do the gimmick. He needs to fire up. No, well, yes, that gimmick. But do the other gimmick. I don't know what gimmick. We have so many fucking gimmicks, I don't know. Mr. Bujarelli, it's time for you to say the thing that's going to make you feel better. Wrestling. So. How did you feel? Slightly better, but I'm still need, I still You're have welcome. a point. I still have a point to make. Now, Jungle Boy is a point. Now, Sammy G, he's the only one where I'm like, why is he fucking here? No, I I'm I'm like that with Jungle Boy. I I, I just Darby, I don't know. Where's Ricky Starks? I I wish Ricky Starks was Starks was in this, but anyway. Sammy's the only person that could win this match. And I would walk out pissed off and angry. If Sammy was well, to win, I I would be like, fuck this whole fucking company. Tony if, Khan if should be. Anybody wins this besides MJF? Understand the fucking promo I'm gonna cut. Yeah. This is it is not his time yet. It yeah. is not his time. Don't you drop this motherfucker yet. Yeah. It's gonna be intriguing to see. But I'm just he saying. He needs a ba he needs a baby face that can get get in there and and give him the energy that you know he's going to bring as the heel. And we don't have one of those in this fucking company. I'm just saying, Darby Allen is doing very well for himself. So I'm saying... Well, he's not, the, he's not that guy, so fuck it. So who is? I don't know. We'll have to figure that out later, but it's not time. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying... Sammy G is the if if somebody else won, I wouldn't be too upset if it was Darby or Jungle Boy. Darby, I, but if Sammy G won, I'd be pissed because he ain't fuck. I have the four of them. I hate the least, everybody. The least qualified is Sammy. The least that's, qualified. <clears throat> that's probably true. But anyway, this has been the Butchcast. Yeah, fuck it. Let's wrap it up. I'm 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 not gonna get to finish a point anyway. So Gator, thanks for taking time out of the busy schedule to join us. We'll see you on the next one. Make sure you guys follow the Butchcast. Yeah, thank you. Bye. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there. <laughs> Or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Uh, make sure you guys check out the Mail Soap Opera Moment. We have the WrestleMania recap already up there. We'll be giving our predictions for Backlash later this week. Check that out on the Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get these tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. 
posted. Got some videos coming out soon once we can get the tech issues figured out. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, August the 5th for WWE SummerSlam. Make sure you join us for the biggest party of the summer. We also have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special project in the works. And you can also support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels we can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is 99 cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. Same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99 per month. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold the Peacock, I got nowhere to put that $9.99. $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content in the network and unlike Endeavor, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying the credit card or with GPay. And the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believes they're to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. Talk to you guys next time. Until then... Pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall That it's time to bid you one and all Goodbye! Goodbye! So long! So long! Farewell! Farewell! Adieu! Adieu! Be good! Stay well! Bye-bye! Keep warm! Relax! And eat! Take care! Stay loose! Adieu, mon vieux! À la prochaine! Goodbye till when we meet again! <laughs> <laughs>